Hi and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Hi Gar, welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast Sunny Side Up. We're really happy to have you here today. How are you? Very good, thank you and thanks for having me on. Great. Let's begin by you telling the audience about yourself and about your current role at Drift. Great. So, I joined Drift in October of 2018 and I joined to run marketing for the enterprise segment. So Drift is uh, scaling up its business and we are selling into companies a thousand and above. And I was specifically brought in to drive demand generation in that particular segment. We have other segments as well and I have the counterparts that, smel- that sell to the small and medium business space as well as small and medium enterprise so really, that's, that's our mid-market segment. Great. So can you tell us about your typical day at work? What's that like? So in order to generate demand in the companies that I'm going after, I have about 2,500 accounts that I care about. Those accounts, I need to reach marketing and salespeople in those accounts. And I will use multiple types of activities to go after them. Uh-huh. You could call it a named account approach, or you could call it a, an ABM approach. But essentially, I'm looking at everything from email to paid advertising, events, both third-party events and first-party events, webinars, and of course, developing content for those companies as well. And in addition to that, I have the BDR team here. And the BDR team is going after uh, those accounts as well. So I support those, uh, those guys as well. Great. So can you tell us about Drift and what the core problem your company solves? I've been doing demand generation in a number of companies for many years. I started mm-hmm. using Seabolt back in the early 2000s to run lead generation, demand generation programs. And mm-hmm. the challenge with traditional outbound demand generation is that a lot of the tactics that we have been using in the past no longer work. So for example, Mm -hmm. the email reply rates are going down. The connection rates, when you call up somebody and cold call somebody, they're going down. I don't even have a phone on my desk. And when I had a phone on my desk in my last company, I didn't even check that voicemail because I knew most of the time it was gonna be a vendor calling me. So email is diminishing phone is diminishing, and it's getting harder and harder to connect with people. So what Drift does is we allow salespeople and BDRs and SDRs to engage with target accounts on the website in real time. When your prospects visit the website, when they have questions, we allow the salespeople to interact with them uh, there and then on the website. And the biggest value prop is the time to connect. So we allow buyers to connect directly with sellers when they're in their moment of highest intent on the website researching about a particular product. Great. So how are you seeing this entire conversational marketing trend grow, especially in the B2B segment? I believe that this is a game changer for demand gen marketers. Demand generation today, traditional demand generation best practices is built on top of marketing automation. You have probably some firmographic data enrichment going on. You have service level agreements with the sales team. You have lead scoring, uh, both firmographic and behavioral lead scoring. And you probably have a lead routing system as well. 
what's happening is from the time a lead comes to your website and completes a form, there's a bunch of processing that happens of that mm -hmm. lead. We enrich the lead. We set the lead into the right lead life cycle. We sync back and forth between the CRM system and the marketing automation platform. Finally, we pass it over to the BDR team or the qualification team. It gets routed around. Let's assume that it gets routed to the right person the first time, which doesn't always happen. But let's say it does. By the time the BDR or the salesperson gets that lead, it could be an hour old. It could be two hours old. So then we start to track the BDR's behavior from there. The typical service level agreement on the BDR is about 24 hours to call, mm -hmm. to accept and call that lead. So by the time the person has completed a form to the first call that they get, there could be anywhere from 24 hours to 48 hours. We've measured it and the average that we have uh, perceived in our survey, that we've seen in our survey, is 46 hours between a form submission and a callback, okay? There is okay. a survey that was done, some research that was done by InsideSales.com, and they found that if you wait between zero and five minutes, that's the best time to connect with somebody who fills out a form. If you wait another five minutes until 10 minutes after the person has completed the form, you have a 10 times less chance of getting a connection with that person. That's a long way of saying we help buyers get answers to their questions immediately to bring that connection time down from 46 hours down to real time. And the interaction on the website now is exactly the same as what happens in a trade show when somebody mm -hmm. walks up to a trade show and you have a human-to-human -human interaction. We don't ask you 12 or 15 different questions before we give you the answers uh, like a form would be. We're bringing that live human experience to the web to allow buyers and sellers to connect in real time. Okay, so the B2B segment is obviously known for its extremely long sales cycles. How can this help B2B salespeople reduce their sales cycle? We see our customers all the time. We had a tweet from one of our customers the other day. They said, hey, we've just implemented Drift on 0.3% of our website, and we've already gotten... 12 meetings from that and they say, hey, I can't wait to see what happens when we scale this out. So typically, sales guys will see a few different benefits. They get a benefit by being able to jump on and interact and be really helpful when their strategic account comes to the website. And of course, as you know, if you're first in a deal, you get to set the table for the criteria for how that company is evaluating the technology that they're looking for. So once you're in early, you get to establish that criteria and you get to form a good relationship with the person. So we are seeing conversion rates for conversations on the website in the order of 30 to 40% conversion to meetings. And those meetings will convert to opportunities at a much higher rate and will close at a much higher rate. So in Drift ourselves, here we see about 60 to 70% of all of the opportunities that we're generating are coming first via chat. That's interesting. So then tell me in uh, in the in typical ABM approach, which is obviously big in the same B2B segment, how can companies use this to enable their campaigns? There's a few different parts to uh, that answer. The first part mm -hmm. is when somebody visits your website, 
their browser is carrying certain information. So we know the IP address that they come from. So step number one is we can use Drift Intel to reverse IP lookup who the visitor is. So we know if it's a small company in Finland or a large company in Canada or what industry is it in, what's the revenue, how many people. So we have firmographic information on the site visitors. So that's step number one. We can also connect into Salesforce so we can tell if it's, you know, company ABC, we know who the account manager is. So we can notify the account manager that their strategic account is on the website. We can do that in office hours in the account manager's browser. We can do it on a mobile phone via our app. So at any time of the day or night, we can alert our salespeople that their accounts are on the website. That's the first core technology reverse IP lookup. The second way to do it, if our reps are interacting or our customers reps are interacting and sending email from Drift to their prospects, when those prospects come back to the website, we actually know it's this particular person, not just the overall company, but this particular Mm -hmm. person who's on the website. Again, we alert the rep either via their browser or via the app on their mobile device. And the rep can then jump in and make sure that that experience for for that important account uh, is excellent. Can you talk about some very recent use cases where especially B2B companies have used this to close deals faster and how they've done it? I think I've seen a stat where we have created half a billion dollars in pipeline across all of our customers. So as I said before, 60% of the customers of the opportunities that we close were originally sourced via chat. So take a look at some of the customers that we have on the website today. We've got Marketo, MongoDB. We have some really large enterprise customers. Many of those customers initially came in via Drift.com. They were engaged by either a chatbot initially and then the rep or the rep jumped in immediately. And that's how those deals were closed. Okay, that's amazing. So then what kind of other uh, MarTech sales tech products and technologies are you currently seeing get a lot of attention in this space? That's a great question. If I step back for a second, the best chats happen when you know who the person is on the website. So you have some context about who the person is. You know where they are on the website. And then you design your chat or your even your live chat and you design it around the information that you are presenting to the salesperson or to the chatbot. Let me explain. If it's an anonymous visitor on the website, or it could be a current customer, or it could be a current open opportunity. So we have a lot of rich information from our CRM about that company. Next, we know where are they on the website? Are they on the pricing page? Are they on the homepage? Are they on an industry page? And finally, that's where you start using that information to design the chat. One of the ways that our customers are starting to use chat is if they know who the customer is, then they can go and look up things like firmographic information. How big is the company? What industry are they in? They can look up technographic information. Are they using a competitive product? Are they using a product that is not competitive, but is very complementary? So for example, we sell to a lot of companies who are using marketing automation platforms. So if we know that the company is using Marketo or some other marketing automation platform, that's a very good signal for our sales team 
to engage and start to explore the integration between our product and and, and theirs yeah. and the platform. Yeah, exactly. We've had some questions from people who want to design their chatbots using intent data, buying intent data. So, right. so when you have firmographic, technographic, demographic, and intent data, you can have a very interesting array of contextual data points to start your conversation from. And whether you're using a chatbot or whether it's a real person in real time, that conversation suddenly becomes really rich. Because imagine I'm a rep. Somebody pops in on the website. It's a larger company. I don't know a lot about them. But now I have information on what the company does, who their competitors are, what technology is installed in that account. I can interact in a much, much richer way with that company than I could if I didn't know that information. Yes, absolutely. And especially at a time when hyper-personalization is the name of the game, all of this is very relevant, very crucial. Absolutely. Chat is a new technology to a lot of folks, but you should think about chat just like you think about a Marketo nurture, email nurture, or website conversion optimization. What you're trying to do is you're trying to optimize the chat experience to convert people. Well, first of all, really, it's not designed just for converting people. It's designed to help people. And then they will convert if you're presenting them with the best information. They will give you their email address. They will book a demo with their salesperson. So we think about chat in the same way we think about landing page optimization or website optimization or email nurture. You want to get the most relevant information to the prospect or to that website visitor. And the only difference between that and an email-based nurture is that you're doing that in real time based on information that you already have gathered or information that they're giving you in real time. So the conversion rate for people who are being engaged in this really rich interactive environment actually dramatically increases. So you did mention that, you know, this is still a new trend or new technology that companies are currently uh, looking at or evaluating. So what would you tell them to avoid or what are the challenges that you see them face and how would you tell them to implement this in the best manner possible? That's a great question. What we recommend companies do is to start on their website. The implementation is incredibly easy. It's a Java code on the web pages. We recommend starting on pages that A, have a decent amount of traffic, and number two, where the buyer's intent is highest. So typically, we find that on the pricing page, on the contact us page, on a demo request page. So some page that is kind of mid to lower funnel, where the person is obviously doing some research and they want to engage with the salesperson, they want to see a demo, or they want you know, a quote or some pricing. When you start there, there's only two or three pages on your website that are going to look like that. And that's the Mm -hmm. best place to start. After that, you can start to scale up your strategy depending on what you know about the people. So are they anonymous? Are they known? Are they a strategic account? Are they a customer? Are they a customer with an open opportunity? That's an example of like how many, you know, different types of things that we can identify on our web visitors. The next thing you do, figure out where they are. If they're on an industry page or a product page, they may just be researching. 
you don't want to try and like immediately get them to a sales rep. You want to offer them more information. You want to nurture them in real time. Try and find out a little bit more about them on what they're interested in and then suggest here's the best content for people who look like you. And then finally, based on those two first criteria, on a product page and they're anonymous, this is our chat workflow. If they're an existing customer and they're on the pricing page, they may be looking for an upgrade. So your chat flow would look more like it would have topics around upgrading, adding on new products, things like that. Absolutely. So I think this was a very interesting conversation, especially at a time when, you know, more and more websites are going to be uh, putting up chatbots. Do you have any last few words of advice or takeaways to the young millennials or young professionals in the B2B marketing and sales space? Yeah, it's a fun time to be in marketing and sales in technology. There is so much technology out there that you can use. Pretty much every demand gen organization and every inside sales organization are using uh, different types of tools to optimize their process. So you have to be intellectually curious about how tools can help you gain a competitive advantage. Because I said before, what worked five or 10 years ago no longer works today. And that's true for marketing and it's true for salespeople. So you have to be intellectually curious about technology and try to understand what platforms would be good to start looking at on the one hand. On the other hand, the emails and the LinkedIn messages that I will reply to, and I'm a technology buyer myself, are those ones that have been written obviously by somebody who spent some time understanding what my company does, understanding what I might need and what my title people in my job, what they need as well. So if you come in with a very personalized, rich message that's about me and my challenges, you're mm-hmm. going to increase your chances of connecting with me by probably a thousand percent. And that's not a joke. I probably get maybe 40 to 60 messages from BDRs and SDRs and salespeople on a weekly basis. Most of those going to crash. The ones that are highly personalized to me, I will more than likely respond to, or at least I'll notice them. And if they come back in a month with a different email and they're still trying to get a meeting with me, when I'm in a buying framework, I will immediately try and look for those people because they've caught my attention with some high quality outreach before. That's amazing. That's interesting. And uh, you know, to add to that, since you were talking about this level of personalization in the outreach, in the communication that they should send out to get a meeting, to get that meeting, and that's an objective for them. How would you say direct mail plays a role, especially in today's times? This was a question that just popped up because you spoke about this, the messaging being as relevant as possible to the title. So do you think direct mail is going to make a big comeback in this space? Because there are several companies who've started reverting to traditional formats to get people's attention now. I'm giving away all my secrets now. Yes, 100%. But what we're finding, as I mentioned before, that people are not responding to emails because they're getting too many. People are not responding to phone calls because they get too many. So you have to figure out ways to connect with people in a creative way. A really well-constructed email will work. If you're sending gifts or handwritten notes with relevant information, that works really well as well. So we have done a number of uh, direct mail campaigns since I've come here, and they've been very successful. 
what you need to be doing is you need to be always on the lookout for creative ways to engage your audience. And that could be at events, it could be via direct mail, it could be through a number of different ways. You just have to try and stand out from the crowd and not look like everybody else, like it's an automated email sequence. Great. These were some very relevant insights. Thank you, Gar, for your time. We had fun having you over and I hope you did too. And uh, it was awesome. And maybe we'll have you back again very soon for a debate on something interesting related to B2B marketing and technology. That's awesome. Thank you very much for having me on again. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye.